Uh, good morning. Parashat Vaigash, of course, continues the storyline of Yosef and his brothers, their encounter, and uh, Yehuda's passionate plea to Yosef. And it only, uh, for me, makes me take a step back, and I think all of us, to think about who this Yosef HaSadik truly was, uh, where he came from, and how, through the thick and thin of it in Egypt, Yosef was able to stay connected. Yosef was able to stay steadfast in his commitment and in turn to his continued dedication to his father, to his brothers, to tradition, to keeping things going. It's a quite remarkable and notable that an individual in the position and circumstance situation of Yosef was able to keep that strength. I'd like to for a moment or two highlight that by means of the words of uh, some of the Kubalim, the great Jewish mystics. In Tikkunei Zohar, for example, there's a, a, a parallel or a connection drawn between Yosef and, of all people, Hanoch. Hanoch is mentioned at the end of Parashat Bereshit. He was one of the ancestors of Noah. And uh, the derasha in Tikkunei Zohar is that the Pasuk says in Mishle, Hanoch Lanar al Pidarko, and the mention of Hanoch, the name of an individual whom we'll talk about in a moment, and Lanar, Naar, of course, was the word that described Yosef at the beginning of Parashat Vayeshev. He was Naar et Bene Bilha, Bene so the mention in the Pasuk in tandem of Hanoch and Lana'ar provokes the eyes of Tikkunei Zohar to say there was some connection between Yosef and Hanoch. Indeed, in Sha'ar HaGilgulim, a well-known statement of Arizal is that the Neshama of some sort of Hanoch was passed down to Yosef. What was the connection between this Hanoch individual about whom we know very little and Yosef about whom the Torah spends much time describing to us exactly who he was. So first things first, let's understand Hanoch. Hanoch is a name, an individual mentioned again at the end of Parashat Bereshit, in Berek He, in Pasuk Kafdale, the Pasuk says, Vaitalech Hanoch et ha-Elohim, ve'enennu kilakach oto Elohim. Hanoch was able to be mitalech et ha-Elohim. In some way he walked, he conducted his life with God, but he's no longer with us, says the Pasuk, uncharacteristically, mysteriously, because God took him. Rashi, citing from the Hachamim, suggests Hanukh was a righteous individual. However, with the impending world that would develop, that of Dorham Mabul, that of a generation of decrepit and depravity in terms of approaches to life, to one another, to God, Hanukh needed to be removed lest he go down with the lot of them. To say it in a sentence, Hanukh, according to the rabbis, was quite the righteous individual. He was a Sadiq, that's mitalech et ha'elohim, but he needed to be removed before the world went down in terms of its morality, in terms of its avodat Hashem, because he could have and perhaps would have been taken sway with them in the wrong direction. Think for a moment now about the contrast between this individual and Yosef. Whereas Hanoch needed to be removed because his way of life was one of righteousness, of tzitkut, but the fear of being mixed in, being lost, to the conduct and ways of society, Yosef seems to be, certainly in the eyes of the Hachamim, quite the opposite, an individual who, with his righteousness, as they explain it, from beginning, 
all the way until end. The challenge with Eshet Potiphar, which we read about most recently, and circumstance where most, even righteous individuals, could have and perhaps would have been lured into sin, Yosef keeps strong. Yosef, as he climbs the rungs of greatness in terms of um, political sway and political strength in Egypt, doesn't stray from his principles, from his way of life. So Hanoch perhaps begins the story of Yosef. It's a life of tzidkut, of righteousness. But Hanoch, in contrast to Yosef, needed to be removed before being engaged in, quote, the real world. Yosef, the rabbis perhaps are hinting to us, with that same nishama, with that same spark, that same drive, was able to finish that mission of Hanoch, to bring it to reality, to bring it to fruition in this real world. In truth, there's a well-known midrash that describes Hanuch. It's cited by Nefesh HaChayim, Rabbi Haim of in his book, but many are familiar with this midrash. The midrash about Hanuch, interestingly and strangely perhaps, is that Hanuch was a tofer min alayim. That's what the rabbis say about him. He would sew shoes. That's the description. And his righteousness was that on each sewing, each time he went through, he had a way of having the proper kavana, proper connectedness to God through even mundane acts. Actions. But listen for a moment again to the description of what his mundane action was. It was sewing shoes. Now, I'm no Kabbalist, unfortunately, and I'm not either, either poetic in the fullest sense, but I can glean, perhaps, that the vision of the rabbis in describing a person who deals with shoes is that the nature of this individual had something to do with the nature of shoes. Think for a moment about what shoes do to us they detach us from the ground. Shoes, by definition, take feet, which could be directly planted on the ground, call it the real world, and they remove us from it. Hanoch, as an individual, perhaps the rabbis are describing to us, with all of his sitkut, with every last part of his righteousness, removed himself by dint of who he was from this world. He needed for his righteousness to grow and to be maintained, to be removed and separated from other people and from this world, real world involvement. Yosef, in contrast, was quite the opposite. Yosef was an individual who was thrown into the mix of it and was able to maintain that composure, that stature as a Yeresh HaMaim, as a Sadiq from beginning through end. I think the message, the lesson is quite simple. As we see Yosef emerging continuously, as his brothers turn to him, begging him for forgiveness in Parashat Vayahi, as we see him in front of them in this week's Parashat, Parashat Vayigash, exposing and explaining to them who he is, he tells them, but understand, my vision, my perspective is one not that, not one of malice, not one of this worldly fight and hate about what you've done to me. I'm able to detach myself from that sort of involvement while still being attached to this world. The challenge of being a Yosef is a real one, but it's one that's set forth for each of us to grow in our avodat Hashem, to maximize our connectedness to God begins perhaps by opening a book by praying, by contemplating, by realizing in the fullest spiritual sense who we are and who we want to be.
but it continues beyond the life of Hanoch. It enters us, if we do it effectively, into that of Yosef. It forces us to contend with those same values as we're out on the street, as we're in the business room, as we conduct ourselves in the real world, engaging with real people with all the problems, evil, and issues that exist. The challenge of Yosef in connecting Hanoch to Yosef is a real one. Strive for tzidkut. Strive in your own life to seek out and find a connectedness to God. But don't leave it in the Bet Midrash or in the Bet HaKeneset. Don't find it in a detached way from this world with shoes on your feet, so to speak. Engage in it in a real way, like Yosef. Be able to find that continued connectedness in this world. Don't be strong only until you need to engage. Continue that strength even as you are involved. That, I believe, is the legacy, the challenge, the myth, and the description of Yosef, which could and should inspire each of us. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve